Good afternoon, everyone. It's Dr. Nigro again with our next edition of Psychology Unplugged. This last week has been really fun. Uh, I've hope, I think, pretty sure I've gotten back to everybody who's called me or emailed me. And uh, this is just a very humbling experience um, to be able to do this podcast. And if you met me, you one, you would never think or believe that I do what I do for a living and that I have absolutely no ego whatsoever. I'm a perpetual student, but I use the foundation of my great education and clinical training and the mentors and the professors, uh, the foundation of my parents, um, the values they instilled in me, um, and the music of Bruce Springsteen has been an incredibly, incredibly important uh, part of my psychological architecture. Um, so, <clears throat> uh, by popular demand, uh, I, I'm not exactly sure why, um, but borderline personality disorder is what everybody seems to really want to know more about. And I have a lot of you guys are coming from very, very far distances to Duxbury, Massachusetts for me to do neuropsych evals on you guys. And it's my privilege. And I'm very humble that you entrust me to um, do a full neuropsych eval on you guys. So I'm going to go back to borderline personality disorder treatment. And uh, I use a lot of metaphors in in therapy. And uh, I think I've mentioned this in, in a couple of the other episodes here in Massachusetts. And I'm, I'm sure it is the same, uh, whether it's in the United States or um, given that the podcast has a global following uh, for, for the grace of God. Um, there's just a paucity of providers and many of my wonderful colleagues, uh, kind of shut their doors, not out of, uh, out of callousness or ignorance, just the number of people needing mental health services is exponential. And although my primary role is doing diagnostics, I, I have taken on a small therapy caseload, um, and I, I f- primarily focus on treating borderline personality. Um, but if somebody asks me to treat them, I will ask them, come back and convince me. Convince me why you want me to treat you and what do you want to get out of it? So... Someone's got to be motivated enough for me and uncomfortable enough for me and willing to do the work and tolerate the distress that they will experience in just again, sticking within the parameters and framework of borderline personality. So I think it was like Wednesday, Tuesday or Wednesday morning before I got on the Peloton, uh, I realize I've been using this phrase in, in working with, and, and even in the past, the title of this episode is, is standing in the space. 
And, you know, to kind of bring Bruce back into the picture, who, who I would love to meet one day for the simple fact of saying thank you for the Im- impact he's had on my life. And I think the impact he's had on a lot of my patients that I've worked with, uh, standing in the space and to use his album and song title, Akin with Standing in the Space is it's the darkness on the edge of town. So what, what is the space? The space in working with borderline pathology is an unfamiliar, nebulous, incredibly scary place. It's something initially that I ask patients to kind of uh, using the the definition of mindfulness that was developed by John Kabat-Zinn. And the definition is very simple but powerful. Uh, mindfulness is awareness without judgment. Simply noticing, independent of any kind of qualifiers, uh, adjectives, uh, evaluative statements, so in the in treating borderline personality, the first thing that I'll ask patients to do is because things are so automatic. Again, I've said there is Freud was wrong. There is no such thing as the unconscious. Everything is purposeful. We all have choices. Depending on the situations that we are in, we may not always have a lot of choices or like the choices that we have available to us, but we are never without the option to make a choice or to choose. So kind of slowing the process down, the cognitive process down, I will ask patients and it's it's kind of a interesting to watch people's reactions when I say, okay, what are the things that you do that you want to change? What are the behaviors that you're engaging in? What are the thoughts that you're having? And again, I am a staunch cognitive behavioral person. Um, We did this episode episode a few weeks ago uh, where I I personally don't – where DBT and CBT kind of really disconnect is DBT focused on emotions. Cognitive therapy, emotions are irrelevant. They're the byproduct. They start with thoughts, lead to behaviors, which leads to emotions. So I'll ask patients to kind of, it's not a question you can answer when that question is posed to you. Usually by the second, the next session or the one after, it's really kind of stopping and analyzing Independent of whether you're engaging in behaviors that are healthy, unhealthy, adaptive, maladaptive, the goal is, yes, the goal is to change that, but you have, we have to first kind of come up with a game plan of what are the things that you're doing? Um, I'm always answering his phone call. Uh, I'm always having sex when he wants to. I'm, I, 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 I freak out when he's not responding. I, um, Engage in self-injurious behaviors when I feel that somebody is upset with what it's, it's, it's really subjective to the individual person. But the point is to identify what are the things that you're doing that you perceive as being problematic, or maybe that you tell me that 
you're doing and I kind of help you think or see it from a different light. Like, uh, do you think that may be problematic? So we ha- we can't change anything until we first become aware of it. So the goal, when I say about, you know, standing in the space, the space is scary. That's the darkness on the edge of town. And darkness is scary. But that's where change takes place. It's through empowering patients with borderline personality to get to a place where you can stand in the space that is completely unfamiliar to you, that is completely foreign. The dialogue is foreign. The the landscape is foreign. The behaviors are foreign. And if you run back to your old behaviors, that's okay. It's like dipping your toe in a hotel pool. It's cold at first, but it eventually starts to feel okay. So you don't rush people into the space, but the space is the new version of the individual with borderline personality. It's a space to say where I can look back retrospectively let me put it back. I'm very animated. I use my hands a lot. So I'll kind of use uh, my desk. I was like, okay, put my hands again. Like, here's the space you get into. And we've identified what are the problematic behaviors or thought patterns that are, you know, contributing to borderline pathology. And, you know, if you could say no to something that you've never been able to say no to in, in a week, if you can say it once celebrate that success because that's you being in the space and don't punish yourself or be intropunitive if you go back to old behavioral patterns because we tend to regress to what's familiar we regress to what is known to us again independent of its appropriateness healthiness adaptedness that that is off the table i'm not concerned about that the the goal is to get you to be in in the space and realize if you, if you ever ask my patients, they'll always say, what, what is what does Dr. Nigro say the most? Pay attention to your motivation. Why do you go out? Why do you go into the space? And then why do you go back out of the space? That's where the therapeutic change really takes place. It's getting the person out of the current space they're in, which is maladaptive, into a different space. And like I said, it's terrifying. It's scary. It's, 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 it's unfamiliar. But it's the place where healing, peace, transformation, rejuvenation, exhilaration, so much positive change takes place in the space. But to get somebody there, you can't just pull somebody there who's been struggling with borderline pathology for umpteen years. You can't pull them out of their current space into this this new perceived space. And again, I'm talking more on a very cognitive level. There's no like, the space doesn't like, it's not like a space you like can buy off of Amazon. But it, 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 it's a metaphorical um analogous way of construing that the space you're in is what's perpetuating the pathology. It's through the cognitive behavioral therapeutic process to pull you out of this unhealthy space into this new space and to celebrate and uh, 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 appreciate 
the times that you can stay in the space, and I mentioned this before, there's something called distress tolerance. The longer you can stay in that that space, and that's when the thoughts of doom will come. That's when the when you're in when you're in 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 the space. That's where the thoughts of doom will come. That's where the abandonment issues will come. That's where the anxiety will manifest. Suicidal ideation, self-injurious behaviors, the quick go-to automatic thoughts. That's where you will go. But the I always tell my patient the second thing. What will be the second thing if I ask people to talk to you? They would say he would say, Doctor Nye would say, look at the evidence. And the evidence is once you got into the space, what happened? Nothing. The world did not collapse. Use the example of Chicken Little. The sky is falling. The sky is falling. The sky is falling. And those are my patients who uh, I work with. Uh, a few of them are Seinfeld fans. I tell them, watch the episode on Opposite George. Do the opposite of what you're used to, but with the opposite in borderline pathology because the whole goal is to stave off real or imagined abandonment, and that's the chameleon and the amount of effort somebody has to put in, and and I can speak from the individuals that I work with, and in just the, 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 the psychopathology in and of itself, getting into the space, that's the healthy place. And once you can, if you, if you can get to the, into the space once, then any other time that you can't get into the space, I will challenge your logic because you were able to do it once. So why do you continue to go back to the older space? That is really the crux of, of treating borderline personality. But I mean, there's, I mean this is a very complex process, but I, it just kind of came to me like, this is going to Peloton, like, because Julie's usually like Thursday or Friday or Saturday's like, what are you going to talk about this week? And I'm like, I, don't, I haven't decided yet. Um, and as I've said, I do all this stuff off, off the top of my head. I, I don't make any notes or anything. I just kind of go with my clinical experience and training and, 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 and guttural instinct and feedback from you guys. But if you think, if you have borderline personality or you have a family member or you have a friend or anybody that you, if you just want to understand borderline personality, the space is where you want to get the person to and to help them to not become intropunitive, which is basically blaming themselves like, oh, I didn't stay there. That's okay. That is perfectly fine to expect to erase, uh, say you're 27 years old, to expect to erase 27 years of ingrained automatic thoughts and behaviors in a few therapy sessions. That's, that's, you're setting yourself up as a provider and you're setting your patient up as, as your patient for, for failure. But to help people understand that the space that they're in, because they are uncomfortable enough, they don't want to be in this space anymore. You want to get them into another space where they are free, free from the pains that they have endured whether they were self, they're self-inflicted, whether they are thoughts that are toxic and, and over-rehearsed. Um, bells can't be unrung. Uh, words that people have said, uh, usually negative, um, they can't be unheard. And when you're talking about personality, you're, you're really talking about an ingrained set of uh, thoughts and behaviors. So 
in my work with individuals with borderline personality psychopathology, I I really work and and I've seen this I've seen people be cured. And it's not because of me. And I I take no credit for the patients I have worked with who are no longer meet the DSM-5 diagnostic criteria for borderline personality. It has nothing to do with me. They did the work. And that's the beauty. And, and you know, in the diagnostic manual is, is yes, that, that's the, that's the foundation by which we, we, we diagnose people. But it's, it, it's not a, it's not a feel good book. It just lists out symptoms, lists out problems. And, you know, my job is, I take it very seriously, but my job is, I told Julie is, no one comes to me to figure out what's right with them. My job is to f- tell you what's wrong. And I take that very seriously. And I've said this, I think, in the neuropsych um, episode I did. That's the hardest part of what I do, whether it's telling a parent about their child, whether it's telling an individual. My whole job is to tell you what's wrong with you, even if it's something like ADHD or processing disorder or just generalized anxiety disorder. But getting in from treating borderline personality it's being able to get into the space and that space is so uncomfortable but again here's the irony the uncomfortableness is the necessary catalyst for change but it's also getting into that space initially to say hey i got into the space maybe i couldn't stay there that's okay or I got into the space and I stayed there for five minutes. I stayed there for 15 minutes. I stayed there for overnight, but I went back. That That's fine because you, you, you don't know what this new space is. So it's going to be completely foreign to you. But in looking retrospectively at the patients that I have worked with and, and have been successfully treated, they get into the space and they're like, oh my God, this is transformative. I, I still may have the thoughts sometimes, like what it was like, but then other times, like, what was I doing? What was I thinking? It's like, holy cow. It's like, again, I've said this before. There's a reason that the rear view mirror is smaller than the windshield. But in, <coughs> excuse me, from a treatment perspective, in working with borderline personality, it's it's getting into the space where you, you know, it's kind of, you can design what that space looks like. I want to. I want to be able to do this, 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 and I want to be able to stop doing this, 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 this. That's the awareness part. That's the first thing you have to kind of crystallize because vague goals lead to vague results. So once you get that kind of um, more crystallized version of what a specific person's space looks like and that space is going to be different for everybody but again i think if if you're going to generalize the space goes back to the quote i've said at, at the end of many episodes is learning to become independent of the good opinions of other people borderline manifests in relationships borderline manifests specific most times in relationships um whether you're actively involved with somebody or even if you're single, then that perceived sense of loss or abandonment, or I need to be defined and have myself seem validated by somebody else, whether they're healthy, unhealthy, toxic, appropriate, inappropriate, independent. It, it's 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 so much. It's so psychologically draining, and I can see it on the face of the patients that I work with, male or female. It 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 it, it doesn't matter, but. 
I wanted to kind of preface or kind of use this episode of of uh, if 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 you're struggling with borderline personality pathology or someone you know is, think of and become more aware of the space that you want to be in. You may not get there in a month. You may not get there in a year. You may not get there in three years. But if you you have the right, you have the ability and you have the right to decide the space that you want to be in. I, I can't think of anybody that I've really come across with borderline personality that says, I like having it. Um, it's treatable. Again, it's curable. But the whole, again, back to the title of this whole episode of the space and the darkness on the edge of town, it comes with fear. It comes with tenacity. It comes with angst. It comes with so much uncertainty. But, you know, you could you could say all you want. I want to be there. I want to, I want to think like this. I want to have this. That's, that's great. But if you don't take the active steps to do it, you're never going to get there. It, it takes work, and I've always said the real work in therapy does not take place in the office. It takes place in between the sessions. That's when you're confronted with your typical decisions on an individual basis where you're navigating decisions that you generally make. Oh, boy, he wants to have sex with me. But I don't really feel like it. But if I don't, then I'm not a good girlfriend, and he's going to leave. Uh, I don't want to say no because he or she is going to get mad, but I really, really don't want to do it. If you can learn to start to say no, that's think of that as part of my advice in terms of the space is learn to say no and look at the evidence you may shake with anxiety you may cry you may just feel like the world's falling apart but when you develop a voice and you realize that the world it does not end because the sun comes up every day the world does not stop for our individual problems but as much control that you think borderline pathology has over you you actually have more control over borderline pathology than it does over you learn to say no learn to say i don't want to no that is one of the most powerful things in treating borderline personality it's like no I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not going to think like this anymore. I am no longer going to allow you, whoever that you may be, to define who I am. And if you don't like me as a result of it, yeah, that sucks, but I'm going to be okay. That's that's the becoming independent of the good opinions of other people. And it is possible. It happens, but it doesn't happen overnight. No, I tell people, I tell you, I will never tell you what you want to hear. I will tell you what you need to hear. Um I'm very emphatic about this because I've seen it work, but it it takes work and you have to first try it. And if you try it and you don't like it, tough, do it again. And if you do it again and don't like it, tough, do it again. Because if you continue to do it, you break those patterns. You break that psychological bondage of a lifestyle in a personality style that is taxing and draining, that, that that essentially swallows your soul, but you have the keys to the universe. Even though you believe other people have the keys, in reality, you always have the keys. You psychologically give the keys to, to other people in terms of defining yourself. So for anybody out there, think of what you want your space to be. And once you get to that space, 
the seas of borderline pathology dissipate. There may be remnants, you know, there may be relapses, but those are going to be few and far between. So standing in the space as long as you can and don't do not penalize yourself if you, if you leave that new space to go back to your familiar space. The more you do it, the more likely you are to go back to that new space. And you're you're regaining control over who you are. You're regaining control of your own psychological constitution. And you are redo you are doing the work to overcome the pathology that is causing you so much psychiatric and psychological turmoil. It's workable. I'm telling you, it is workable, but it, it, this is, this is long-term work. This is, this is not, you know, a few, this is not a few sessions. This is a few years. Um, and is, again, I said this early on, is that space scary? Yeah. And, it, and I'm telling you, expect it to be scary and don't expect to be able to stay in the, in the space first time you do it, but celebrate yourself and pat yourself on the back if you can stay in the space even for a minute. So until next time, um, be well, take care of yourselves, uh, take care of each other. Uh, again, I thoroughly enjoyed doing this on a weekly basis. Um, it's a cloudy day here in New England, but um, pandemic is slowly coming to an end uh life is seemingly returning back to normal at least here in the united states although i know other parts of the world are still struggling um again be well become independent of the good opinions of other people i will talk to and see many of you guys pretty soon until next week guys take care <laughs>